It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that's ready for Ravens football this week. No, all the Baltimore podcasts are ready for Ravens football this week. It's game week. We're back, baby. The Ravens, the Raiders, Monday night football. Banks is excited. RDT's excited to watch the Titans because they're back on Sunday. But we're going to do a full breakdown of the Ravens season opener, of the Ravens season. We have a Ravens, a random Ravens draft in the vein of our random Orioles draft from a few weeks ago. But before we get into it, it's football season now. So the podcast changes just a little bit for people that have come on maybe since last Ravens season. We will be doing an instant analysis show after every single Ravens game. So if it's Sunday, 1 o'clock, we will be recording by 4.30, 4.45. If it starts at 4.20, we'll be recording around when Sunday Night Football starts. If it's Sunday Night Football, we will go on after Sunday Night Football. And when it's Monday Night Football, like it is on Monday, we will go on after Monday Night Football and have a podcast in your feed for whenever you need to listen to it, whether it's you know at right after on a Sunday night or driving to work on Monday morning or driving to work on Tuesday morning, as it will be this Monday. Maybe we'll record on a Tuesday again or a Wednesday again. Who knows what's going to happen with these games? But that is the plan. So that will, so when we record Monday instant analysis, that means the regular pod will probably come a little later in the week. Your, your, your normal pods may not come. We've been doing some Mondays. We've been doing some Tuesdays. Those may become more Wednesdays as we roll through the season here. We want to get a lot of our thoughts about the Ravens games over with in the instant analysis so then the regular show can move forward and be a preview for the next week. Old, old-time listeners, you know that, but for the people that have come on, that is how this thing is going to work, and we could not be more excited to jump into this. And as always, we will jump on for any emergency pods um, as news uh, potentially necessitates it. So that sound good, guys, to you again? Absolutely. <laughs> Surprised right. we didn't jump on earlier today for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's just such big, ma- massive news to kick off the week here. Absolutely gigantic news. I mean, Ravens, the Ravens, uh, Twitter sphere, the Ravens news cycle could not be more hot right now. And let's get right into it. As we said, Ravens, Raiders, you know, there's no beating around the bush here. It's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, I think that's sort of where you are, whether you're a Ravens fan at this point. That is the expectation. You want to go and give yourself a chance to win a championship. Banks, when you look at this week specifically as it, you know, kind of carries over into the the rest of the year, is there any specific thing you look for in week one? And we'll talk week one and kind of matriculate through the rest of the season as we preview here that you want to see that indicates to you that the Ravens are on the right track to a potential rank. I think that what, what you're going to hear a ton about, whether it be during the game or, or listening to radio or whatever it might be around here, it's going to be all about how the passing game looks, how Lamar Jackson looks throwing to some of these new receivers or receivers that are coming off of injuries. Um, I, I've been a proponent of this the whole time that I think that the, the passing game woes are a little bit overstated, but still it's at a point where Lamar's going into his third year as a starter. Um, we'd like to see this offense become a little more multidimensional. Uh, and then there's, there's investments that, that Eric Dacosta has made on that, that offensive side of the ball that, um, that suggests that there should be some improvement here in the passing game. So I think all eyes are on how they're going to move the football um, whether or not they're going to be trying to run it right down the throats of the Raiders all game long, which I'm a proponent for. I've said it a million times. I think that's when this offense is at its best. I don't know that they should try to deviate too much uh, from that formula. I, th- I mean, I truly think that, you know, if you look back at what went wrong between the last two seasons where the Super Bowl, where we busted, if you will, 
we just kind of ran into some bad luck and we ran into some weather and some just not making timely plays at the right times. And sometimes that just happens in sports. And I know you can't just hang your hat on that and just be comfortable with it. But um, I think that there's a real danger for the Ravens to get a little bit too far away from the sauce that's gotten them to where they are. And I hope that I see a nice balance there and I hope they don't try to force something. So um, I'm excited to see it either way. I mean, we really haven't seen anything from this offense. We had what a couple drives from Lamar Jackson in preseason game number three, but it wasn't really the offense at full force by any means. So um, it'll be exciting to see what they can do. And, and we know what the defense brings to the table. There's not a lot of changes there. Um, so I feel pretty confident about what they're going to do for sure. RDT, you are, as always, I can't wait to get the first tweets about how you're not a Ravens fan and you're still on the podcast talking about the Ravens. Can't wait for those, as I said last week. You're kind of an outsider. You don't have a dog in this fight, as me and Banks do. And you, you will watch this game, as you do every week, watching the local team. What do you see as sort of the key takeaway that you want to see from the Ravens on Monday night? Well, I mean, this year is going to be different for me in general, too, because last year – I was just looking out for that week 11 game. Like I knew it was going to be a banks likes to call it a rock fight. That's what it was. It's what I figured it was this year. I feel like so much less pressure because I'm like, I don't know. We don't play you guys. Doesn't give it doesn't matter to me. It may, it may matter in the playoffs. That's the only time that they could possibly meet. But um, I mean, I, I think, I think it's just what Brian said. It, it's the, the passing game and, and the revamped receiving core with Sammy Watkins and a, and a hopefully a newly healthy you know, um, Hollywood Brown and the guy who just got paid on his birthday yesterday, Mark Andrews. And, and if he can stay healthy and, and keep producing like he has been, but um, I mean, I think, I think that's pretty much what it is, is, is the passing game. And, and I feel like a big story is going to be again, what they were harped on last year. Can they get to the quarterback from the defensive line? Because they could not do that at all last year. They got it with Justin Houston a little bit this year as a pass rusher. Um, but I mean, I, I think those are the two, those are the two biggest things for me that I'm kind of looking at again from an outsider looking in because we know JK Dobbins going down sucks. And obviously, you know, like we said, they added Le'Veon two and a half hours ago, but I, I think Gus Edwards is going to be fine. They're going to, they're going to run the ball. It's, it's going to be, what did they average 191 yards on the ground last year? Yeah. I don't like, I don't think they'll get, they, they probably won't average 191. Like I, I think it's safe to say that that number may fall, not, not by much, but again, I don't, I don't think they're going to rush for that. But I don't think it's going to be a huge drop off. It's again the the whole narrative is going to be what can they do with the passing game? Um, because again, I, when Banks, when you said that it was uh, Harvey, I'm looking at the O's game. If you, when you said that that was Lamar's, this is going to be his third year as a starter. That like blew. I I like you could have said five or six, and I would have said it was more yeah. likely. Because again, it just seems like it's the same shit over and over and over, and we've just heard the 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 opinions and uh, and all the hot takes pounded into the uh, pounded into our brains, but. I mean, again, it's, it's going to be, can they pass the ball, the passing game, blah, blah, blah. What can they do with it? And then rushing the passer. I'm interested too, from a week one perspective, we kind of had a little bit of this in 2019 at the beginning of the season where the, the Ravens and, and Morningweg in his half season with Lamar, with Greg Roman kind of helping out there on the staff. Um, they ran this kind of one dimensional offense to carry them to the division title. And then the, the questions all off season were, how, what are they going to do? Like they're, they got to build a playbook. That's a little more complete. How are they going to throw the football with Lamar Jackson as a starter for the first, his first full season. And then they went out there. And if I remember correctly off the top of my head, Lamar Jackson carried the ball one time for six yards 
and threw all over the Miami Dolphins. And so I'm always curious in a situation like this one where there's a lot of haters and a lot of people just talking about what Lamar can and can't do and what this offense is capable of, if they're going to come out here with a fuck you statement and try to throw the ball, throw the football all over the yard on the Raiders like they did against Miami Dolphins week one, 2019. Yeah, the thing that, I, that I'm interested to see, and it kind of builds off that a bit, is like what is the – is there and what would it be of a new wrinkle in this offense? You, we were talking right before we got on here, and you were talking about Banks. You were talking about could you know in the lieu of the running back situation, could they use someone like Devin Duvernay in like a Ty Montgomery type of role where they throw him in the backfield and do different things? I'm interested to see how Greg Roman and I, it was something we talked about throughout the year last year. Can he do some different things with now the variety of weapons that are around? Obviously, everyone has to be healthy. But can you put Hollywood Brown in different positions to get the ball in space? Can you put Devin DuVernay in some different positions to get the ball in space? Especially when you don't have someone like J.K. Dobbins, who I think was really going to tote the rock in a variety of different ways, you know, tote the rock indicating running the ball. But I think he was going to get the ball out of the backfield. They're going to have to move guys around to fill those roles, I think, a little bit, especially when you add a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who's not a straight swap for J.K. Dobbins. No idea he would be. Um, but – that that is going to be what I want to see. Are they going to tinker with this offense with the same principles in place? Lamar Jackson is the most dynamic player outside of Patrick Mahomes in the entire league. And what what do you think do they do with him that allow Lamar to have open space and, and running lanes to exploit his great talents and put other guys to succeed? At times last year, I think they got stagnant in that way. That is what I would like to see. And maybe that that adjustment is going over the top more and trying to stretch the field more. I'm interested to see what they do a little bit more around the line of scrimmage. And we just didn't see anything in the preseason. So they really have no – that's the interesting part about the team. He didn't play at all in the preseason, Lamar. And so what? how can you judge the offense of what they did with Tyler, Tyler yeah. Hartman? I mean, it's just blasé. So that is going to be interesting. I think the Ravens' defense is going to flourish in this matchup. I think Derek Carr is the kind of guy that the Ravens really feast on. And I don't think that the Raiders do enough creatively. I just think this is a matchup that the Ravens defense wins just out of principle. Um, yeah, we know I, we know Spider Two Y Banana. We've all we've all I seen. Ju- it. I just I just think that you know they're not going to do anything that that defense isn't ready for. I think the Ravens will win this game more on the defensive side of the ball, but the the offensive adjustments and the evolution of what Greg Roman is doing is what I'm most interested to see. Yeah, if the, the spread is four and a half points, and I think it's been that way pretty much since the schedule came out. And I've always felt that this game should be a solid t- like touchdown on the number type of game. I think the Raiders were pretty much as middle of a road type of football team last season as there is. Um, they're a little bit more offensive-minded. Uh, the defense doesn't really have a lot of teeth to it. They do uh, have Yannick on their side now um that'll revenge be interesting game. to see if he's you know going for the revenge game thing type that's going to be a whole narrative in itself because he said some not so great things on the way out the door to be honest so um yeah it's it's a it's a team that i'm not really intimidated of i'm excited to see the stadium with fans in it um i had planned on going but i've had some stuff come up where i can't make it out there um but uh, it should be an electric atmosphere and uh monday night football week one i mean what's better than that they want to showcase your superstars there's hardly a superstar, you know, more electric and, and gets eyeballs on the television like Lamar Jackson. You guys also don't have to share the the Monday night now. There's not the double dip. It's yeah. Just the I mean, I don't mind it for this scenario. 
um, in itself, but they should be doing the two Monday night football game. Well, do you remember what the second Monday night game was last year? Well, no, I mean, it's... well, but here's what it was. It was, it was Titans Broncos where Goskowski missed like three extra points in That's a field right. goal. And like, it's that it was one 30 in the morning and I'm like biting my nails off. Like, Oh my God, this is fucking week one. It's one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like it, it, it made that, it was like that Hawaii bowl on Christmas Eve. It, it was um, 2018 cheese it bowl. Yeah, it would have been much. great this year to have the first Sergio game, did, you know? and then we could have done the instant analysis during another football game. That would have been that would have been sweet. That too, like goddamn, like yeah, like now realizing that sucks. I'm really not opposed to them doing two Monday Night Football games every single every week. year, every week, every week. Yeah, I think you, you, Thursday night. You'd have to start the first one at seven o'clock. That's fine. Sure. Good. I just don't think they want to do that with some of those. Yeah. Yeah, you just need a West Coast team that yeah, is East willing. Coast, West Coast. Until yeah. the West Coast can can prove that they care about football, fuck them, <laughs> fuck them. I mean, eventually they're just gonna start <laughs> playing games on Tuesdays too. The only day the NFL may six may let be is uh, is Friday nights for high school football. But I think they're just gonna start invading Saturdays. College football. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're invading Christmas again this year. Yeah, I think they're like, hey, hey, NBA. Stinks for the NBA. That is uh that's not what the NBA needs. Uh the Ravens play on December 26th at one o'clock. So they should they I would assume that's a Sunday. So Saturday they will probably play. They have games. Saturday games. A couple mm. of them, I think. Mm. That's tough for the Bucks. You want to play in that primetime uh Christmas Day game. Let's touch on the couple pieces of news here, really quick. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is the news of the day as we record here on Tuesday, signing the practice squad to be elevated to the 53-man roster. Justice Hill, I mean, what a weird – this could be the end of Justice Hill in Baltimore. Probably. I, 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 what a weird career for him that seemed to have a few promising signs at the beginning, and then some, some of it is just no fault of his own. He just can't stay on the field, and he's had guys in front of him. But he, he blows his Achilles. It's Le'Veon Bell time. There was some Le'Veon Bell discussion – when he was a free agent that they would sign him. There's been some Le'Veon Bell discussion in the past after that. Now he's here. We, we, we talked about this before the show. He's either washed or there's a renaissance. I don't really think there's anything in between. I don't think there's like, oh, he's just like, okay. I think it's either like he's got a one or two really good seasons left or he's done. I so disagree. I think it's going to be right in the middle. Uh, I, think it's, I think he's going to get, I don't know. Let me think. Let me do the math here on what would make sense. 75 to 100 carries this year, maybe, mm. if that many, and catch 20 balls out of the backfield and maybe between the two pile up 500 total yards or something. It's going to be gonna... relatively underwhelming, but, I mean, we need some pass catching out of the backfield. I think Gus Edwards does it a lot better than people are giving him credit for. Um, but uh, there's obviously room for him. There's It's it's um, it's Gus, it's Tyson, and it's – it's going to be Le'Veon Bell, and we typically run a rotation of running backs, so he's going to ha- he's going to get his chances. I was yeah. going to say, so he's either Des Bryant or Steve Smith, like you know, Steve. Smith I don't think made... those two were in the same place when they joined the team, but well, no, you know. no. But I'm I'm saying like production wise, because where like Smith came and had you know quality years here, as opposed yeah. to Des Bryant, who showed up for his cup of coffee, got wine drunk, got COVID, and then left. <laughs> I don't think. Um... I don't think Le'Veon's running style is a perfect fit, but it's he's going to have to run a little bit differently with this zone read type 
uh, RPO offense. Patient, apparently. Hmm. Yeah, from what I've heard. No. That's a scuttlebutt. That's a scouting no. report. So, Taylor, do you know, um, you know anything about that? No, I didn't. I'd never heard about that. Well, he, yeah. I mean, he's got to hit the hole a little bit more. He can't be have a patient running Exactly. Style. That's exactly my point, Taylor. I'm glad you said that. Wow. That's a really good point. Well, I, I, it makes more sense because yeah. I previously yeah. didn't know about the other part. God, yeah. that's really salient stuff. That's, yeah. dude, that's why people follow you, man. I, I, I can't argue with that. Yep. So that's a hard-hitting analysis you listen to Exit 52 podcast for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, I guess. There's nothing but upside to it. I see there's a lot of people just throwing – dirt on it and just saying you know and i i mean last year or the year before whatever it was when he was a free agent and people were wanted to throw money at him i was hard against it but this is you know big time definition of low risk i don't know medium reward i'd be stunned if it's a high reward but whatever hey maybe maybe he runs uh well early in the season and he's a trade asset down the line too I mean, I don't know that we – we're not going to depend on Le'Veon Bell long-term here at all, but he could be a fit for this particular scenario at hand. And, um, yeah, who knows? Are you, are you guys worried about – obviously, we all know how he was in Pittsburgh, the contract holdout. You know, he – I mean, he's always been in one of Malta's opinion too. Like, he – didn't him and Andy Reid get into it last year? Kind of If after he wants to do any up. of that, he can fuck off. He can go and find I was, another job. I was going to say, I mean, nor, there's two coaches where I feel like if, if you can't get – if you can't get on board with them, you're not going to be able to get on board with anyone. And it's Andy. It's probably, there's probably three guys, it's Mike Tomlin, Andy Reed and John Harbaugh, I think. And it's like, I, I'm sure that there's a thing, you know, they probably let him know like, Hey, cause I mean, again, we know all about him. We know his, his personality, his style. And it's like, if, if he's okay with being that running back who gets two carries a game, four looks a game, you know, at 15 snaps in a game, like that's just what it's going to be. Because guess what? The team is probably better off that way. Like, if he's okay with that, then I'm sure it'll be fine. But you got to think the first sign of any trouble, of any mouthing off. Because, again, this is a guy who's technically still in the practice squad now. Like, I'm sure Harbaugh and company are going to say, hey, the first the first thing – because, again, that's not – it's not the, that you don't need that cancer in, in this locker room especially with, with how tight-knit it is. So, I, I was just figuring, like, again, if you can't get along with Andy Reid and you can't get along if something happens with John, Har- John Harbaugh – and it's like, it's probably just, this lifestyle isn't for you then. I mean, incredibly, he is very close to being out of the league. Yeah, yeah. After in 2017, he ran for 1,291 yards and nine touchdowns, then didn't play, then struggled <laughs> in his one season with the Jets. Or it's one in like a quarter. One, right? one and a half, yeah, whatever it was. It's a bizarre it, – it, 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 the contract dispute that missed season may have just ruined him. It, it's a really – he just mis- misjudged that. I guess he got his money to a certain extent. So, you know, he's got some wealth there, but just a b- very bizarre career. Must have ruined uh, my fantasy he, team that year. He is now, yeah, and, and the Great. fantasy teams and many others. Are you still drafting? Yeah, Both of yeah. Us had I mean, I'm, in, uh, I'm in the 16th round right now. Jesus. Wow. I just took David Johnson with my mm. sixth pick. David Johnson. Might as well about, be Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah, might as well be Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I was thinking about taking Tyson but I think he'll be there later. You should probably take him sooner rather than later. Other piece of news, Mark Andrews signs an extension that I think everyone thought was coming. The organization made it pretty clear they were going to extend him. They gave him four years, $56 million. That puts him around the average annual value of your Kittles and your Kelsey's. So the Ravens are paying Mark Andrews to produce like a top four or five tight end in the NFL. He is now going to have to do that. But I think a guy that's a fan favorite, 
and uh, is locked up for the foreseeable future, you know, seemed like a pretty much a formality. Yeah, that was always going to happen. I think they front loaded the contract a bit. So I think the idea is to have his cap hit kind of hit on the early side. The cap will go up in a year or two. Um, and then that's when the Lamar Jackson money, in theory, can settle in and um, it can kind of fit like a puzzle like that. But yeah, he, he's done everything we've needed him to do from pretty much the start, um, besides maybe a couple clutch catches that he could have made at given points in time. I think that's a, the one knock on him from some people, but he's earned it without a doubt. I think there's some st- statistics out there that say he's, you know, one of the youngest or the quickest of 3000 yards for a tight end or something like that. I forget exactly what the, the factoid is, but he, um, he's a weapon. I mean, he's our best pass catcher by, by far. And he, he runs the seam route pretty well. And, um, you know, red zone target, all those things that you want out of a tight end uh, on the offensive side of the ball from, you know, from a weapon perspective. So he's got a perfect compliment to him and Nick Boyle there, uh, health permitting. Um, so they're setting themselves up long-term for, uh, for success around Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think that there's, um, I'm not sure what the, the, the general consensus is in terms of where people think the Lamar Jackson negotiations are, but they're really not close. I don't know if anyone's saying that, but they're not as close as maybe some people think they are. So there's kind of a long road to be had there. And I think the idea is just kind of get some of this money out of the way for uh, Mark Andrews early, and then we'll figure out the Lamar money and how that fits. Um, probably not soon, but pr- maybe next offseason. Realistically. Not, the firm focus is now on the Lamar Jackson extension. There is really for nobody sure. else that, I mean, there are guys that could be extended like a Sean Elliott or someone like that, but, it is now the Lamar Jackson negotiation show. And we'll get into some sort of more of a season outlook thing here. Um, and then we'll jump into predictions for the game, maybe predictions for, for record and, and finish. You know, if this goes somehow goes south, and I don't think it will, but somehow goes south this year, I think the Lamar Jackson negotiations, I think that is something you're going to really start hearing about later in the year if the Ravens don't have playoff prospects or anything like that, which will be interesting to see how that kind of develops. I just think, that's the type of stuff that kind of gets starts to throw out in the air if things are going poorly. If things are going well, everyone's like, oh, great, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out later. It's fine. It's great. Um, but that hopefully will not be the case. Um, as we look towards the season, you know, as I said at the top, it's really a Super Bowl or bust situation. You know, the Ravens, you know, I think you're, you're looking for a division title here in a division that certainly doesn't have any cakewalk games. Um, I, we'll, it'll be interesting to see where the Steelers are this year with Big Ben. Obviously, both the Browns and the Ravens and the Steelers all in the playoff last year. And then I'm really bullish on Joe Burrow, so I think that the Bengals are going to be frisky. I don't think they have enough talent right now to challenge those three teams. But I think they're not you know, going to be an easy out. I'll just throw it to you guys. Record predictions, finish predictions. What do we see from the Ravens this year? I'll go first, I suppose. Um, I think we're looking at a 13-4 and four season. I think that's going to be enough to win the, the division by hair. Um, I respect the Browns a lot of what they're doing, but there's uh, there's seems to be a lot of people crowning them as division champs, much like they did in 2018 and 2019. I can't remember which one exactly, um, but it seems like every other year they just win the offseason and then they come out flat, um, don't play well or whatever. And the Ravens just kind of have their number um, save one game in 2019. That was disastrous for us. So. I think it's 13 and four. And I think that the, that won't be good enough to get that, that single buy in the AFC, but uh, they're going to host a playoff game. 
they're going to win that. And then, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Um, I think we're in the same spot we were last season where we're going to find out a lot very quickly against the Kansas City Chiefs and on a primetime night in Baltimore. Um, so maybe maybe the, the, it's, it's better to ask me after that game how I feel about the, the total outlook at the end of the day for this team. RDT? I just want to say 13 and four sounds fucking gross. Like 13 it and three. Does. I hate it. I hate it. I don't yeah. like it. Ugh, that's going to be, that is not fun. Um, I'll go, I'll, I'll just, I'll go 12 and five, um, which again, I would think is probably going to put them right in that running up until that, you know, probably that week that, you know, that, that last week for a playoffs or for the division title, I think um, 12 and five. I also have our, predictions we made i think on the schedule release day for the games if you guys wanted to revisit that too sure go rid them off well, well no no do you want to give your give your yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, where do you do you want to make a playoff prediction or are you gonna you gonna uh, let that I'll, say, I'll no i'll say i'll say 12 and 5 um division winner oh those are not those are pretty good numbers there i if you want i can i can i can go a different way and you know you're good no you're good no, that's not how this should work at all <laughs> I am I am sitting here making sure my numbers are right because I got totally thrown off. I forgot about the 17 games schedule. <laughs> um, uh, I'll, I'll chime in while you think about it here. The over-under for team wins here is it's between 10.5 and 11.5. And it depends on where you look at it market-wise. If you want to take the over on 10.5 at the Barstool Sportsbook, uh, it's minus 167 for the over and plus 135 for the under. So really what you're looking at is an over-under of 11 wins. Um, they're plus 120 to win the division, and the Browns are plus 140. Uh, they are 66 to one to have a 17 and 0 record. Um, and I'll yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna also go with 13 and four. I think 13 and four makes a lot of sense. I do think a lot of the tougher games that are not divisional games fall very nicely for the Ravens. They at do. Home. And that is something that could swing that record maybe even higher than that, but makes me feel like 13 and four feels right. A frisky team like the Chargers at home, the Colts is at home, the Vikings is at home, the Packers is at home. Like those are all games that if they're on the road could be the Rams is at home. Um, and then, you know, you go to not daunting environments like Miami. And I just don't think the Bears, as much as Soldier Field is a great environment, is a game that the Ravens are going to lose. Unless um, they have a very weird uh, – is it thunderstorm delay? Remember that one game? It's like two and a half hours away. Shout out Marlon Brown. So I'm going to go 13-4. and four. I think that also is a division winner. I do think this is gonna be, these division games are going to be really, really fun. Um, and I'll just – I'll go out and say I think – I don't, I don't want to predict a, a – I think the Ravens will make the Super Bowl. I think they'll make the Super Bowl. I don't know where that will be, but I think, I just think this is the year. I'm going to go with just a straight feel. This is the year situation. I think the Chiefs obviously are going to be an incredibly tough out. I think, I think Buffalo will regress a tick. I agree with that uh, a lot. But I think that the Chiefs, it's just tough. You have a guy that looks unbelievably generational. Not that a guy like Lamar, Josh Allen aren't also potential generational players, but I kind of can't bet against Mr. Mahomes at this point in a scenario, but I will. <laughs> Four months well, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. Is there so. anybody else in the AFC that we're looking at? I think the sexy pick is the Chargers are supposed to be up and coming. I think there's a little too much hype around them. I don't think that they're going to be a bad football team by any means. They'll probably make the postseason. Um, but I think that there's a, 
a notion out there that Justin Herbert's going to take, you know, really ascend to a, another level where I think he was just kind of, I don't know, maybe ahead of schedule. Um, maybe in a way like, like Carson Wentz is a guy who was like kind of ahead of schedule and obviously that all fell apart. So that's kind of besides the point, but you understand what I'm saying by that. I do. I think that, I think that they are going to be good. I'm not sure that they have all the complimentary pieces there yet. And, but man, I, I really like Herbert as just videos continue to play as I look at teams. Yeah. Schedules. I, I um, think Herbert's going to be a stud. I, I think he's going to be. He's really good. good. He's definitely no, good. He's going to be tremendous. I, I, huh. I, he's looked fantastic last year. I, I to be honest, uh, I look at RDT's Titans. I think that that's a, a, a team that has an identity that knows what it's trying to do. Adds a couple more weapons on the outside. You know, if, if, if Julio Jones can kind of refine some form and have maybe one, maybe not refine form, he's been great, but find, you know, a, a really, really top level season, you go with A.J. Brown and maybe A.J. Brown can stay healthy. You know, that's a team that just knows who they are. And I think that that's, uh, you know, a team that's going to give everybody on their schedule trouble. So they're a team I look at that could potentially be involved there. And I think the Bills are going to regress a little bit. But I think they're going to be right there. I mean, if Josh Allen takes another half step, I mean, that's, you know, my guy digs. So, yeah, I'll, I'll read off some of the, the AFC conference champion futures here. The Chiefs are plus 250, pretty heavy favorite there over the Bills. The Bills are plus 550, Ravens 650, Browns 750. Then it jumps up to the Titans at 13 to 1, Colts 16 to 1, Chargers 16 to 1, Dolphins 16 to 1, and Patriots 16 to 1. So, Colts are surprising. I, I think they're going to be – I think Colts are going to be bad this year. They've just got I, that I, offensive line, but they lost Quentin Nelson, didn't they? Well, he was – him and him and Carson Wentz were both 5 to 12-week windows, and it's like – Right, it's very I weird. Heard, it's a like, huge I, moving target. Yeah, and, like, I know that Wentz is obviously back, and but I, I didn't – I haven't heard anything I about think he'll surprise that. a lot of people when he's back and if he's healthy, but – Wentz, um, you think so? Yeah, with a, with a better offensive line in front of him. But I there's so rebound. much there. There's so much they're betting on there, though. Like, they're oh, betting, there's too much that has to go right. There's mm-hmm. so Way much that has much. to go right. Yeah, so to... I'm not. So I'm with you. The Colts aren't really a threat to win the conference or anything. I think that they'll be right in there. Like, and again, this is disgusting to say. I think they're like a ten and seventeen. I, I also don't. <laughs> re- I don't. I just don't. I'm not convinced by their weapons. Like. You Jonathan look at Taylor it. had like 200. I love him. 200 yards the last three games of the season. Though. I love him. But then you look at the wide receivers and it's like, all right, Carson Wentz. It's like, oh, we didn't have a lot of help in Philly. So now it's Paris Campbell's and Michael, Pittman. Michael Pittman, which like those guys are all solid. But who's you watch a guy like Stefan Diggs, how much that does for Josh Allen. Who is that guy for Carson Wentz after he didn't have it in Philly and they could never find it. In Philly. Yeah. No one, no one on that offense is keeping a defensive coordinator up at night. Like, no. shit, how no. do we stop Harris? Like the Ravens are, the, if, if the Colts are coming into Baltimore to play in the divisional round, like Marcus Peters and, and Marlon Humphrey just standing out on an Island with those guys. And they're focusing on Jonathan Taylor. I just don't know what. Yeah. Carson Wentz is doing. That, no that, that game is 27 to six. That game's yeah. 27, six. Yeah. Like it's pretty like pretty much the same Ravens Colts game in that 2012. It's always been. Yeah, and yeah. like I, I think the Colts again, not to make this a Colts podcast, although in, a, in an alternate universe, <laughs> in an alternate universe, it um, <laughs> sorry to upset all the uh, all the all the Jimbo's, Like Wentz is a guy though. I feel like too, if you hit him, if you rattle him, like he's done. He's throwing into triple coverage. He's he's underthrowing passes. He's skipping them all across the the turf, and and it's game over in its second quarter. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think this is the, I, you know, 
this is the Chiefs and everyone else until proven otherwise right now. Sure. Do you want to power, uh, rank, power rank the AFC behind no, the Chiefs? You want to go through the entire AFC? No, 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 no. Just like contenders. Like, where do you – like, do you think – Yeah, I think that the Ravens are second. I think that the, that the Bills are probably third. Yeah, let's think about this for a second. The last two years, <laughs> the Ravens have – they went 14-2 and two and they went 11-5 and five in a season – where multiple of their games were just throwaway games where they just didn't have the pieces together. Kind of, I mean, any football team will have games where it's just not their night, but you look at a, the five losses last season and you've got, um, we got the one where the, the second half got away from us from the Titans. That was the legitimate loss. We just didn't play a good football game there. Um, but then you look at the game against the Patriots where it monsooned every time we got the ball and then it stopped raining when the Patriots I got it. I like, about that game. It's a wild football game. This is one where you throw <laughs> out the tape. Obviously, the Steelers game where, um, where we had the entire team out with COVID, like throw that one out. Uh, another Steelers loss where Lamar threw that, that tough pick six to start the game and we just – Stanley. Yeah, Ryan Stanley got hurt. We just never really got it together. And off the top of my head, I can't really remember what the other loss was. It um, was – um, 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 what was it? Ravens 2020 schedule. It was the Titans. Oh, I hate the way that the schedule looks yes. on this. You said, um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I got noodle brain right now. Wait, why is this 2019? What the shit is this? This is tremendous radio. It's, right uh, it was Kansas City. They just got their doors. Oh, closed. yeah. Week, yeah. Was that week three? Yeah. Yeah. Monday. So, so, anyways, yeah, they lost in the postseason to the Bills in another game where the wind was was nasty and and we made the one terrible play. And honestly, I mean, people were knocking Lamar Jackson down all offseason for not being able to throw the ball in that playoff game. Josh Allen didn't throw the football whatsoever in that game either. The difference was Lamar threw the pick six, and that was pretty much it. He got knocked out late in the third quarter and wasn't able to finish the game because his offensive line was was fragmented fragmented it was just not a not as starting usual you know guys in front of him and he got knocked on his head and had a concussion so um, I don't think people really remember that as much as they should so regardless getting way off track here I don't know that the Ravens have really done all that much after I mean I would look to their 2019 season as much as the 2020 season as to what this team's going to look like and they haven't they've hardly lost any football games over the last few years and I haven't seen enough to suggest that any of the other teams have really surpass them it's just the chiefs on their tier and they stand alone and then i think the ravens should clearly be that second team behind them um with the bills kind of right there too but they and i guess you have the claim that they won the game last year in the playoffs but um i don't know if i've seen necessarily enough from josh allen on a consistent basis to say this team should clearly be ahead of the ravens i was going to say if, if there's one team too that has a raven season where a season kind of falls apart because of covid i think it's going to be the bills just from <laughs> all the shit that we've seen from them uh in the offseason because it sounds like a quarterback in baltimore i don't think we've recorded since someone sounds oh, like there's someone... a rumor out there that a certain quarterback in baltimore got vaccinated i haven't yeah, been able to validate like that actually but um interesting but uh, again i don't I know just... if i could say if i did though I, I just yeah HIPAA violation. HIPAA. I just I just think that if there's a team where again if if Josh Allen is out for a game or two, or you know Mitch Trubisky's the backup. Oh um, my god, Mitchell Mitchell. I would I would have the Bills three. I would have the Titans four. Um, 
I personally am bullish on the Chargers enough to have them in that next spot. I just I love the, 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 the I love Cleveland's roster. I hate the quarterback. I I just can't get over. You're Baker. chucking I, them way down that list. Yeah, I would put them at five. And you're seeing the the on that sixteen to one level here on the sports book. You're looking at the Colts, Dolphins, Chargers, and Patriots all on the same level, which is interesting. Yeah. Patriots, the have, Dolphins, they just Patriots don't have the talented. quarterback play. Patriots I think talented. All those Dolphins, three teams all has to do with their quarterback play. Dolphins make the, the Dolphins. playoffs if two is decent. Yep, two for the Dolphins, Mac Jones for the Patriots, and Baker for the Browns. It's really comes down to their quarterback play, which is not a concern of the Ravens, Titans, Charger. I just, you know, just betting on the quarterbacks over the the but if Baker can you know, if Baker can find just a little bit of a different gear, the Browns have a very talented team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Baker, I think Baker, I think he'll I think he'll have a good year. I know he – I mean, he played a hell of a game last year against the Titans. Um, obviously, we've seen – I mean, he didn't really do much against the Ravens last year. But I, I think he's – I don't know. I feel like the Browns also kind of stayed – they didn't do – they didn't really add anyone on the offensive end, I, I, at least. Miles um, Garrett's going to be an, alpha, an, an absolute beast. He may be one of the best defensive players. He may be the best at defensive player besides for Aaron Donald. But I don't know. I, I think Baker – I mean, if you're you're – putting them in the category with the Mac Jones and the Tua in that that little threesome group right there for the betting odds. I think he's way, way, way better than, than both of those guys. Yeah. Which also I, is not really saying much. He's better than Tua and Mac Jones, but. Not to defend, not to come across the um, tongue of Iowa family defender as someone that just had a, uh, Talia throw for three touchdowns and over three bills for the Terps. I don't know why everyone's just counting Tua out at this point. Like he looked so bad last year, but what I he agree was with pulled. you, Taylor. He was getting pulled like like a, it was like a bullpen game. Yeah, he was coming off a fits. pretty serious injury too. That's that's, that's yeah. true. Yeah, they yeah. did kind of throw him I, in there. He was all yeah. world in college. I mean, he was yeah. a top recruit and he delivered in a big way. Eleven mm-hmm. touchdowns, five picks, sixty-four percent completion percentage. I know it looked bad at times, but those numbers are not bad. What's his average? Do you don't have his average? For like uh, attempt and all that, right? I got, I got it all. Because I'm sure they're not I don't good. Think they really they're not great. Push the ball down the field there much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, but they were trying to, they were trying to manage him. I mean, they were yeah. trying to manage him. Um, I, I just think like to write him off because there is now an uh, some understanding that like guys like Justin Herbert just step in and are amazing, and Burrow just step in and are very good. I think to like throw that out for Tua, you know, and and say he's just done as an NFL prospect feels weird to me. Well, I think yeah. it does. It also doesn't help that they were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson for two thirds of the off season. You know, yeah. it was now, like, that makes sense. Why would you not, you have to trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It was they like, should oh, have they, sold they out got, on that. And I mean, that's just a weird situation itself, but yeah. And they got yeah. lucky because they traded for him. <laughs> he wouldn't be playing for him. So, uh, justice for guy was he got that college park madness. He probably, or magic. He probably touched the turtle shell for good or turtle to student for good luck. Come on. Tua, it's Tua I, time. I like how you guys called him uh, Leah too, because oh, I was Talia? not. Leah. I was not yeah, spelling Leah. his name with, with yeah, Talia. the activities I was participating. Yeah, in. I was a little bit of a drunk guy, and I kept saying. And Talia. I was like, <laughs> Leah, that's perfect. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. I threw Tua out there two times on two separate tweets. I was just a drunk guy. I just, <laughs> I just straight up tweeted Tua's brother, all caps. Like, that'll do. Uh, no, you do, uh, t- uh, Tua's Talia's brother. <laughs> yeah exactly Correct. do you want to do uh do you want to do our week one predictions again sure do you want to give us our, what, what were our record what were our record predictions at the schedule release give us those and we'll do the week one this was what is this may 12th 2021 taylor wow. is 
picture is straight from a wedding. Brian looks like a cocktail hour of some sort. Mine was at my like wedding. That. The pictures are <laughs> terrible radio, but the pictures oh, my, yeah, are mine's so from like mine's from with the tan suit on. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely um, stunner. Brian, forty-eight, seventeen. Still stand or no? I'm gonna walk it back to forty-one, seventeen. Oh yeah, Taylor, you're sitting at thirty-seven, seventeen. Oh, now it's too similar. 3117. 3117. No, 3114. 3114. I'm sit I'll I'll stay. Oh, I hate that. 30, I hate that. 3117. I hate 14. I hate the two touchdowns. I hate it. I'll stand pat 3510. I think 3510 just feels right. Did we do overall records for the picks for the Ravens? Did we Mike and the Mad Dog that? I don't know that we did. Win, win. I think lost, I said 17 and 0. So cash 66 to one if you want it the one team we didn't even touch on really for this season up, coming up here Steelers 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 do you do you, want, do you just want to give like a one minute um it feels like it's over to me do you want to talk about TJ Watt and them you know not doing that where they don't I don't give a rat's ass about TJ Watt stiff arm Lamar story? Jackson stiff arm on TJ Watt's face is the image I'm throwing up here right now. Isn't um, that when he got pushed into that girl, Lamar, and then he picked her up? Same game, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers, that list I just are, – are past all those other teams. They're 22-1 to one to win the AFC. Um, there's this constant propaganda that comes out of Pittsburgh, and it's the media just spoon, spe- spoon feeds it too about Big Ben and him throwing and how he's in shape, and he, he just – Suck them off constantly. And is, is this a conversation we're having here? It's over. I mean, it's over. They're done. They're cooked. I'll, yeah. I'll stand here and say it. They're well, done. Drafted a running back in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They keep, they've been doing this type of thing for, for years now. They're, they're obsessed with the run game, like in terms of like, oh my God, the run game is a failure. Mike Tomlin's got his head in the clouds in terms of how football is played these days. That the, it's he in college park this weekend. By. Uh, he probably was. I didn't see him. Wow. Um, didn't show yeah. Place. So I saw Dino walking onto the field. Saw Son, but I did not see. Uh, okay. Did not see okay. Coach. I think the Steelers are right where they should be in terms of the odds. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be too much of a factor. Um, I expect to win both those games this year, um, and get a little revenge, if you will. So uh, that's what I have on the Steelers. Their their Big Ben is is not going to be good this year. They're going to throw enough where his stats are going to look decent, but. He'll have some of those games where he throws like four or five picks with a strip sack and like, and it just, you know, he just can't, he just can't do it. To me, for this to have worked, they needed a really good offensive line. And there's way too many questions for them on the offensive line. They cut like all those guys. For this to go out, maybe they really believe in these younger guys. I think they're slated to have like two rookies start week one. There's a Steelers fan listening to, and I got that wrong to hold me that, but that is what I read. Um, I just think there's a lot of people bullish on Najee Harris in fantasy. Like that goes to him as well. I don't see how this offensive line holds up and, you know, yeah, I just, I think it's over too. I I just don't think they've done a good enough job building the organizational depth. They also signed Dwayne Haskins. So (laughs) I just, I can't, I can't endorse a team that has Mr. Haskins on it. Um, Say no more, fam. That's all I got. That's all. I just yeah. can't endorse. Oh, I can't. Right. After his actions in Washington. 
Did you uh, like that comment that it, that he had against uh, what's his name, uh, Ron Rivera, where he said he's something about like it's nice to have a coach that gives you like preparation for the the team the next week. He said that about Ron Rivera. In yeah, you didn't see Island? that a couple. It was like week hmm. two. It was like week two of the preseason, and they were like what this are you fucking talking guy. Talking about that's <laughs> horrible. Ron Rivera is so respected around the league. So is Mike Tomlin. To, to like pit those guys together within comments is so just ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. I can't believe I didn't see that. That yeah. is so ridiculous. They run a they run a madhouse up there in Pittsburgh, and I don't think that Mike Tomlin and his his staff catch enough shit for it the way some other cities would. I mean, well, yeah, there was the bigger, there was hardly a bigger clubhouse debacle than than in consecutive off seasons or playoffs or whatever you want to call it between Bell like not coming to practice for that Jacksonville game. And then the next year, like Antonio Brown throwing footballs at his quarterback's feet. And none of it's Big Ben's fault. None of it's ever been Big Ben's fault. So, I mean, this is constant. It's been constant for years up there in Pittsburgh. And, like, how do you – like, it's just not – how it's just never going to work for Dwayne Haskins there. I don't know if it's going to work anywhere for him. I think but. that Coach Tomlin does a great job as far as giving you a scouting report of who you're playing that week. I've never really had that before. I, I, I have nothing else to say about that. It's a, wow. You're the third string quarterback. Whatever. Here you go. Here's, here's your quote, August 25th. Haskins, quote, I think that Coach Tomlin does a great job as far as giving you a scout. I just read that. I just read this. You're playing. I've never really had that before. I just he read literally that. You just, you just read repeated that. what I said. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I, you must have. He literally just read that. I missed that then. I think I may have, <laughs> I may have cut out on it. I didn't hear any of that. I swear to God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's son. There's no need to talk about the third string quarterback on a football team for this song. I think they did give him the backup role, actually. Yeah, I think they did. Oh, too. above Rudolph? Yeah. No, justice like, for Mason, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Oh, easy. He's not good. He's the bad. He's bad. He's bad. Uh, they just don't, and this speaks to it, though. They don't have a developmental prospect. I've been saying this for three or four drafts in a row where they have an opportunity where is to the guy? little rounds and they just don't do that. Now I will say in a vacuum, in a vacuum, disregarding Dwayne Haskins discre- um, uh, uh, discretions, that's not the right word, but we'll get roll with it. In Washington, he is the right type of player to sign as like a reclamation project, first round pick. Yeah. In this spot, I it just doesn't feel like it's just not it for it the situation. It just doesn't feel like it's it, and you, I would want to pair a guy like that with someone I drafted fourth or fifth round in this draft or the last draft, and have those guys compete to see who's my backup if Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt. Maybe Rudolph for them is that guy, but he's not good. So I think they had an opportunity to draft Jalen Hurts a couple of years ago, and that would have been a, a great developmental situation for them, and they just didn't do it be very interesting and that's why it's so funny that they were like oh well you know can't they should sign cam newton and it's like no that's just another band-aid like why do you want another yeah. old beat quarterback who can't really push the ball down the field like that's not you're still looking for a quarterback for the future because yeah especially if you're gonna do this whole thing where you're gonna throw 50 times a game that yeah, is like, what Dwayne haskins did at ohio state so theoretically they want him to stand back there and chuck the rock he is adept at doing that he did it for all everything i said about him he was tremendous at ohio state um so that's, that's the Steelers. I agree with you. I think they are third in this division. And I think it could be by a sizable margin. I think this could be a situation where the Browns are able to make the playoffs. And, you know, we'll see what happens to the, uh, to the Steelers. But I, we've kind of rolled through the AFC. I, I, you know, broken it down. I mean, the Ravens are going to be right near the top of it. And uh, 
all of us predicting a victory. So post that game, we will see everyone on the other side for our instant analysis podcast. Uh, We will talk through obviously whatever happens and then preview next week's game on the show. Um, Try to get some players as we go through the year, hopefully. Um, And uh, you know, some other Ravens related guests, but wanted to take this week's episode to kind of just give our extended thoughts on the season um, and, and everyone's read so much for you. So hopefully gave you some insight there. We do have a Ravens related draft sponsored by fed thrill. The starting five draft as the sunglasses go on the double shades, like you read about some are coming to an end, but who says you can't, you know, wear sunglasses in the fall or the winter you get, it's still sunny. The sun doesn't go away. 20% off fed thrill. Get all the styles. So this past week, I was a moron. Didn't lock my car here in Federal Hill. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Had my Sonys in there. Had a Yeti in there, but also had $1,500 worth of golf clubs in there. Golf clubs untouched. Now my Ooh. glove compartment, <laughs> glove Ooh. compartment open, console open, everything rifled through, things all over the place. Two things missing. My bed thrill sunglasses and my Yeti, my Yeti tumbler. It's quality oh, sunglasses. Oh, please say it wasn't the captain's cup one. The captain. Oh no, no, the captain's cup. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, it was just my my blank black one. That but, would have been truly tragic. Yeah. So yeah, that's the value. They're quality. They're quality. They're to, people are trying to steal them. You got to yeah, buy them. They're a hot item on the streets. Yep. Uh, wow, really bold move. Not locking your car. It's just sometimes it's just you have a brain fart. Like Eric, reading the same thing that Taylor yeah. just read. That's Sometimes true. it happens. I can't wait to listen to that back. I swear I didn't hear that. I, I mean, think I was just I was focused <laughs> in on uh on when you went into it, I thought you had found a different comment and then you just forbade him. <laughs> no, and then I heard you say I fa- I just and I was like, I thought you were gonna say like I just found it. I'm gonna read it too. But nope. Uh starting five draft is random ravens, as we said uh before the show, it's sort of like our random Orioles draft. Um, so pretty self-explanatory there. Random Ravens heading into the Ravens season. Always fun. RDT has the first pick as the non-Ravens fan. I have the second pick. Banks has the third pick. Starting five draft, random Ravens presented by Fed Thrill, RDT. With my first pick, again, I mean, this like do I don't I don't even know where do I get Q with it? Do I go like I mean talked about with the Orioles one there's just so many different ways you could go um I am gonna go my number one I'm just trying to find the information for my number one uh um random raven there it is (laughs) Billy Bajima Billy Bajima (laughs) I am gonna read his his transaction. Uh, I had him at the very bottom of my list, but he's on there. <laughs> October 19th, 2013, cut by the Ravens. October 10th. Oh, wait, that's the other way. March March 12th, March 13th, 2012, the Ravens or Rams declared him free agency. He was signed by the Ravens on June 12th, cut on August 31st, signed on September 4th, <laughs> I remember uh, cut on happening. October 3rd, signed on October 5th, cut on October 8th, signed on October 10th, and then cut on October 19th. I think he he's the epitome of like a because he's only famous because it was like oh that's right they cut Billy Badgema again like Billy Badgema could walk into my house right now and I'd have no idea who he is or what he looks like but forty let's see forty catches four hundred sixteen yards two touchdowns in his career that's tremendous and he 
again, all those transactions played in 14 games for the Ravens. 14 that, games. That's a funny pick. That's just not who I expect to be the first pick. And honestly, it's kind of perfect. It's like kind of a perfect kickoff to this. Who's, I mean, who's he's, got the second pick here? He I is know. a uh, random Raven. Fuck. Um, this was gonna when we started discussing this. This was always gonna be my pick. I love this guy. He is an epitome of a random guy, but is a guy I think if you walked around and said to people, they would know. I'm taking former Ravens returner Lamont Brightful. Okay. I'm taking Lamont Brightful, sixth round pick in 2002. Played literally only as a returner for two seasons. Uh, had 69 total returns um uh, so i mean 69 how about this 69 total punt returns 68 total kickoff returns what a stat wow almost had the 69 69 which maybe would have made him the best player in nfl history um lamont brightful just remember him playing as him so much in those early maddens and just like you think about a returner and they're the guy that you just see at the beginning of the game and uh in madden 2002 and 2003 that was lamont brightful uh dante culpepper i believe on the cover of one of those uh so i'm taking lamont brightful he was always going to be my pick and i'm so glad to have him on my team interesting he's a good it's a good pick there's a there's a handful of those returners and we'll see if one another handful of them get taken here i'm gonna go all return guys (laughs) (laughs) all right I'm going to just jump into this. I wasn't going to take him this early. He was going to be down my board, but I got to take him now because of what Eric did. He took the wrong tight end who got cut and re-signed and cut and re-signed. Super Naw. Philip Super Naw, 2014. Mm. Let's see, August 30th, 2014. Wave Super Naw. 31st, cut Super Naw. First, September 1st. So this is three days in a row. Added him to the practice squad. Uh, September 23rd, activated him for the practice squad. October 7th, waived him. October 8th, cut him. October 9th, added him to the practice squad. October 25th, activated him for the practice squad. November 4th, waived him. November 5th, cut him. November 6th, <laughs> added him to the practice squad. And then he went to the Chiefs in November and December. December 3rd, Baltimore added Phil Trubernaut to the practice squad, activated him December 5th. And then they re-signed him in the offseason in 2015. In a, on April 17th, and then they must have had the draft taken Max Williams or something, and then they waived him May 12th, and then they cut him on the 13th. And then he actually finished his uh, career with the Titans. I think I used the picture of his name, like his, his nameplate, him in uniform. I think I used that after the Titans-Ravens playoff game, and I said, are the Ravens going to win this game and just put super naw? Because I knew that he was an old Raven. So His uh, career statistics in Baltimore – Six games, two targets, two receptions, 27 yards, uh, one of which went for a 29-yard first down. <laughs> Super not. He was very high on my board. <laughs> very high on my board. Okay. And then on the other side, coming back, I'm going to take who I really wanted to take with my first pick. I'm going to take Jim Leonard. One year of punt returning uh, and starting in the Ravens defense in 2008. Uh, never seen a returner save for maybe Steve Suter, who's just more north-south. The guy was the king of the 15-yard punt return where he would just catch it and, you know, just dodge one tackle and fall forward and take 15 yards. I don't know that he ever scored one as a Raven, but there were a handful where he he took it down inside, like the 10-yard line, and set them up 
for an offense that with the rookie Joe Flacco really wasn't moving the football a lot. He shortened a lot of fields and gave Matt Stover a lot of opportunities to get three key points in a lot of situations in that season. So um, I just love everything about Jim Leonard. He's short, well, was a sure tackler on defense, um, made a few plays uh, with some interceptions and such during that one season. It felt like he was a Raven for three or four seasons. It was just one season. And now he's in like hot defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. He's going to be in the NFL. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. If not go to the NFL and be a D coordinator there. That's a good pick. Uh, God, I want a super nah. I was hoping to go brightful super nah. It's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough beat. Uh, Could go a variety of different ways with this. Um, But I'm going to take a guy that I think will always live on in Ravens lore. um, Especially um, if the Ravens are able to win a Super Bowl with this current team, because he would have contributed a lot to it. I'm going to take Kenny Young. Hmm. I'm going to take Kenny I Young. I thought about t- like putting him on my board for the reasons you're kind of saying. He is a random Raven. Yeah. He will always live on for getting an all-pro cornerback for his services. One of the all-time contributions to the franchise for a guy that really did never, never did anything on the field. Fortunately for him, he's still playing for the Rams, so good for Kenny, but – he jumps on the team. It's always going to be like, who is the guy? Who is the guy we traded for Marcus Peters? Kenny Young. <laughs> so I'm taking Ken. Taking, thank you, Kenny. And, and, and by the way, wish him all the success in the world with the Rams. All the success. RDT. I am going to go with one of these. This player was one of my absolute favorites. Favorites, favorites. It was a five-year stretch where he was a damn good receiver in the league. Signed with the Ravens on, I'm sure you guys will know this, July 24th, 2009, one-year, $745,000 contract. July 26th, he retired. Former UCLA stud quarterback, Drew Bennett. <laughs> what a pick. Former Tennessee Titan, great again. And he, was, he had some damn good years in Tennessee. Then he went to the Rams, and he signed with the, with the Ravens. That is such a ridiculous days, pick. Two days later. <laughs> well, it's, it's weird because he, I, my guess is he passed the physical if he signed the deal. Two days later, his knee his knee condition flares up, and he and he retire. Um, you got another. He was awesome. He was awesome as a Titan, and then I just remember being like, "Damn, I can't." Thanks. Hate this right pick. I'm just not gonna comment on it. It just stinks. Yeah. Well, again, I'm just, that's I'm the RDT's having, guy. You can have your one. guy. Have your guy. Having fun with this one. Uh, my third pick, Sam Gash. My buddy, my buddy's all-time favorite. Like that was like his legitimate favorite player in in football. He was like Sam. It's Gash. an all-time name. Oh, it's a it's a perfect fullback name. Too. Like there's a couple other fullback names. I mean, th- this guy's not a Raven. Max Strong, all-time football um, yeah. football guy. Lorenzo Neal, great football name, great tie, um fullback name. But Sam Gash, and he was just like that prototypical fullback. With didn't he have the big uh, not the cowboy collar, but the there were no what's the neck he didn't roll. have the big board. He had the neck roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, only fifty-two. So right now, I, I would have thought he was older. Played until two thousand four. But yeah, Sam Gash. It's a good pick. Um, I am gonna take training camp legends, Clarence Moore. Okay. Clarence Moore. Tall guy. Tall guy. Four touchdowns as a rookie. It was like, oh, the Ravens may have found a diamond in the rough. Didn't do anything after that. 
Clarence Moore, always a guy that there's a few guys that I have that I probably won't pick in this same vein, but Clarence Moore was always one that stuck out to me in that sort of era. Of, I was like, I was like, Oh my God, how, look how tall he is. Didn't really do anything, but always a guy I enjoyed. I always wanted great things out of Clarence Moore. I always think of Clarence Moore. And when I think of random Ravens receivers, he is like the guy that always comes to my mind first. So that's why he goes off the board. Here. Hmm. The beauty of it is there's like a, a handful of names that you could. Oh, there, the and everybody about. probably has a different one. So I wouldn't even argue with someone if it was. Yeah, it's funny. You, you did the same thing with Brightful that I might have done with another one. But uh, yeah. You have two. I do have two here. I have a couple of position groups that I'm super heavy on on my board and I don't want to overload on them. Uh, I'm going to take Carvedvic. I have to do it. Mm. I was worried that it was going to not get back to me. I have to take him, especially after you had the mentality to go for the Kenny Young pick. I got to take the guy who just made a couple field goals, uh, punted a few balls, and then Eric DaCosta just flipped for a fifth round pick. I mean, can't think of anything more on brand for me than to take this guy. So I just simply have to do it. And then Wait, did he decide? Did he just sign somewhere? And in... he signed somewhere in maybe Jacksonville. Uh, maybe. I thought it was CFL. Maybe no, it was an NFL practice squad, I think, and it's his eighth team since the Ravens. That's insane to think. Well, it's about. his eighth team overall. So yeah, the Ravens. that's. I mean, that's crazy to. Yeah. That many. So, I'm taking him, and then I'm going to take Tom Zabikowski. A um, little bit surprised he lasted this long because it's not often you get a player that also is a gold glove boxer, has like that kind of side story to him. Um, was a big fan of this guy at Notre Dame for a lot of years. Um, he even, I think, should have gotten a look at some punt return opportunities because uh, he was a beast at Notre Dame for that. Um, Tom Zabikowski, easy pick for me. Lock that one in. Um, I'm taking Chester Taylor. Nice. I'm taking Chester Taylor. Chester Taylor was, uh, first of all, <laughs> the last name. I mean, can you argue with that? <laughs> but second of all, uh, Chester Taylor, always a guy, like, you have people on your team that you're like, man, if this guy really got a lead back role with somebody else, he could really shine. Man, Chester Taylor could be a big-time player. He kind of shined in, in Minnesota. He did. He did. He did. Never, like – and he ran for a thousand yards. He ran for twelve hundred yards. But I, I was like, God, when he was at the Ravens, I was like, God, you almost wanted him to get the ball more. But obviously, you have Jamal Lewis. You're not giving him the ball more. Um, but just, a, just the perfect epitome of a backup running back uh, and a guy that contributed a lot. And, and yeah, he got one year to shine there in Minnesota and played for a kind of sneakily long 2002 to 2011 was his last year in the league. Mm, 2011, so a nice long career for Chester Taylor. I don't know what Chester's doing now. Um, let's take a peek. Let's see if he's, let's see if he's coaching or anything. Uh, there's nothing. There's just nothing. About <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing. But uh, Chester Toledo. A Toledo Rocket. A Toledo Rocket, Chester Taylor. There's nothing. There's nothing. I would have never known that. Didn't know he went to Toledo. I, that is something that's always stuck with me. Someone call him Mr. Toledo. All right. RET, you got that. Priest Holmes. I think, okay. he fits the, I think he fits Ooh, the random right That's close. You think so? It's close. Yeah. It's you think close. so? It's fine. Uh, I mean, it, he wasn't yeah, the lead it, guy. Take yeah, yeah, take him. Take yeah, him. I mean, 2,102 yards in four seasons, 19 starts, um, 48 games played. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at his, his football reference page right now, and it's 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 crazy how, how good he was, obviously, when he left. Um, the one year he barely – with the Ravens, he barely snuck over 1,000. 1,008 uh, yards. 
That was a 98 season. Yeah, he was only here four years, only in Baltimore four years, and then obviously had the the career takeoff for their a handful of good years in Kansas City, and he became fantasy football legend, arguably one of the best backs in football during that time, that three-year time. But that, like during that time, it was always like it was kind of like did you forget that Priest Holmes played for the Ravens, and it's crazy because he yeah he played. People think he was a lifelong Kansas City, but yeah, I mean he played four years here, six years there, so. 10-year career, I'm going to split right down the middle. And and I have one more. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think I have to do it. It's got to be Billy Cundiff. I fucking knew you were going to do one of those at some point. Um, the kicker, I'm going to go down again and read. He was, I mean, Cowboys. You could argue he's not Packers. a random Raven for how notable I, that moment is, by the pretty, way. I'll let you have it because one it's moment. Just, just such a troll move. No, I'm just. I'm he wasn't. Just, wasn't he a Pro Bowler too that year? Shut yeah, up. I think he, didn't he? Didn't he? I think he set the record for most touchbacks or something, right? Like yeah, whatever. Just take and him. then yeah, and then they caught him and they they brought Taylor, him your pick. That's been history. I uh, went. To, he went on to kick with the Redskins after the 49ers. The Jets. Whoa, but, the Washington Football Team. Have a little bit of respect. Well, no, it was the yeah, Redskins he, back then. It was the yeah, kick him off the no, pod. No, 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 no. That's horrible. That's yeah, horrible. He was voted I, a 2011 Pro Bowl. Can I mute you? I think I can uh, do that as the host. 2011 Pro Bowl. Uh, oh, yep. See so, ya. Yeah. All right. Uh, 26 we'll, of 29 field goals. Um, yeah. Pick Taylor. All right. Well, I just, just a pretty, uh, pretty. <laughs> Taylor, uh, your pick. Random guy. Just a very random Random play. Um, yeah. Tough to, really tough to follow that one. A uh, lot of guys on the board we're taking here. Um, but this guy just got an all-time name. I'm taking Stony Case. <laughs> Stony Case, backup quarterback, 1999. Just an all-time name. Just an all-time great name. So Stony Case. I almost went in a couple different directions there, but I'm taking Stony. What a name. That he he Stony Case should have been the name of the Keystone Light um, mascot yeah. if it wasn't Keystone. Like that's they're both money names. Yeah. Did that for Halloween one year. I, I like to imagine Gardner Minshew's name, like as Stony Case too. Like that, if you could show me Gardner Minshew, and I'd be like, "That's Stony Case." That's what it looks like. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I have the final pick here. the The position group that I have a ton of are safeties. I have so many safeties. They plugged in so many guys that just played either behind Ed Reed or alongside of him, or whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Haruki Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Um, just Had a phenomenal name. I think everybody just they hear that name and it just makes them smile. He never did anything notable whatsoever, <laughs> like not one bit. But he, uh, other than he played 69 career games in the NFL, so sure. he's got that going for him. Uh, not one interception with the Ravens. He had two in his final season with Panthers. Um, he forced a fumble. Um, but as a Raven, he had. 52 total tackles over four years, but his name was just sweet. And every time you saw him on the field, you got a little excited about it. He was always like him, Jim Leonard. And who's the other guy? Tom Zipikowski were all like, they legitimately could have been like cousins with each other. Yeah. They're just kind of all, they're all very similar. But not. And, and my, my other guy that I was close to taking was James ahead of bow. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he was the, good. He was solid. He was like kind of the safety slash like, dime corner nickel corner sometimes like and then he had the uh they would blitz him off the edge a lot and he had the uh the shovel dance so 
I was close to taking him. He was my next, he was my other guy I was really thinking about. That's a good pick. The, yeah, that was a good pick. The other, the other safeties that probably could have existed a little bit in that stratosphere were uh, Dewan Landry, Landry and uh, yeah. Neil Demps. Landry was a starter for a lot of years. Those probably guys probably kind of wouldn't have been too. random enough. Those guys yeah. probably wouldn't have been random enough, but they're like they're almost like a the tier above the guys you just mm. talked about. Yeah, I, mean, I had Landry. Corey Graham in a, in a similar bucket too, but he made some really big plays in that 2012 run. Yeah, Dewan uh, Landry had an NFL career just because he played next to Ed Reed. Like pretty much. Georgia you, Tech's you finest, Dewan Landry. Um, the draft, RET, Billy Bajama, Drew Bennett. Drew Bennett might be the worst pick of any draft. We've oh, had. my God. No Sam, way. Sam Gash, Priest, which is cr- crazy because the rest of your your draft is so good beyond Cundiff and Bennett. Gash, I think, I think they're Bajama, great. I think they're all great picks. And Priest Holmes are like, whatever. Uh, I took Lamont <laughs> Brightful, um, Kenny Young, Clarence Moore, Chester Taylor, and Stoney Case. And Banks took Phil Supernaw, Jim Leonard. Um, Karari Vedvik, Tom Zibikowski, and Haruki Nakamura. Uh, I'll just read off some of my uh, honorable mentions here. Ovi Mahaley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very close to taking Bobby Rainey. BJ Sams, Musa Smith. Uh, Yaman Figures, Kansas yep. State's finest. Yeah, I have like list too. Did like I have his fourth, name is YA like Figures? A, ran like a fo- YA Tittle. He ran like <laughs> a 4 2 8 40. Probably YA Tittle. Uh, Devin Hester. Um, yeah. Darnell Dinkins, one of the all-time good <laughs> Shout out Paint Branch. Ramon, Ramon Paint Branch? I'm pretty sure he did. Are you thinking, Darnell, you're thinking of Darnell Dockett. Darnell Dockett. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Ramon Harewood, who went to Morehouse College, who was like 375 pounds or yeah. something coming out in the drafts. And it was like, oh, developmental prospect, never played. Jared Gaither. <laughs> yeah, Jared Gaither. Shout out to Maryland. He a terp. Yeah. Uh, and Cyrus Jones, Baltimore. Okay. Stars. I had Michael Jackson. Yes, mm-hmm. I was Classic. close to taking Cordell Stewart. Yeah, uh, Jeff Blake. Uh, the Marlon. quarterbacks are tough because all like, the they aren't random. Flacco could have been it, but they they aren't random. But they they are random, but they aren't because they're yeah. all the quarterbacks. So they're so notable. That's like why Anthony Stony, Wright would have been. I feel like Anthony he, Wright probably would have worked. Tony Banks is like he's a pretty day. Yeah, Tony Banks on the bucket. Super Bowl. I team. had Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, that would have worked. I said Marlon Brown. No, but I he was on my list. Yeah. I had Max Williams on there just because I, I the two X's and I was pretty excited about him as a player, but he was a second round pick and kind of didn't work out. Uh, fuck you. Uh, Kinda. What's what's his face? Vontez. Vontez. Yeah. Fuck you, Vontez. Uh, BJ Sams. You said Troy Smith. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Clausen. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Yellow Pants. Um, Matt <laughs> Schaub. You also have to give a shout out if you're shouting out Clausen. Ryan Mallett. Got to uh, give Mark Bolger a shout out too. Yeah. Yeah. Lorenzo Neal. Um, you said Devin Hester, Sergio Kindle. I wasn't going to take him, but I thought that might be one that Eric might try to troll with. Uh, Fitzgerald <laughs> Toussaint. Yes. Forget that Great one. Man. Uh, Chris Kelly. Not, not your Chris Kelly. Yes. Was it? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was like, you know, they, they bring like out nine, 90 players for training camp. He was oh, probably yeah. the first group of cuts within a week, but yeah. still Raven. Uh, I also had Josh Wilson, former Terp, uh, pick six to win the game yeah. against the Texans on the road on Monday Night Football. Was mm-hmm. a great moment. Laquan, that was a great game. Laquan yeah. Williams, practice squad, Maryland wide receiver. Dom Foxworth. Yeah, Dom Foxworth. Foxworth was on there for a little bit. Going all, I'm trying to get all the Terps. 
that would have been random. I think that's pretty. What well, he said, Gaither. Uh, Gaither Jermaine Lewis is not random. Jermaine Lewis is not random. Torrey Smith is not random. Um, Ravens have not had a Maryland guy in a while. We need to get. I was hoping they would take Jake Funk, but there's just too many running backs. Yeah, in hindsight, Dante Demas. Mm. We're taking too many receivers, but if someone like Dante Demas drops, God, I love Dante Demas. Kid is a stud. Um, well, I got I got some random ones. Go ahead. I also had Gary Baxter. Yeah. Uh, I got Buck Allen, Kamara Aiken, Brandon Imbadejo, uh, Chiky Brown, Shocky Brown, Shocky yeah. Brown, Shockey Brown, <laughs> Crockett Gilmore, Kamalay Correa. Oh, I love I Crockett would, Gilmore. You know who I thought about oh. taking, but he's not your guy, Morgan. Well, my guy now, Morgan. I didn't think he was very right. Yeah, I wasn't uh, sure. How, I feel Brent, like he would have liked Urban to be Is also my guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had I had Devard Darling and mm-hmm. Randy Himes. There's a lot of wide Randy receivers. Randy Himes is the the equal and uh to Clarence Moore yeah Patrick Johnson uh Ty Montgomery actually was you know yeah. raving for yep. five seconds David Reed we, we should uh we to should Chris raise the, the title of this draft and change it so Quadri Ishmael is the first overall pick or just I like Qu- I have a Quadri Ishmael jersey <laughs> the longest longest email uh footer in history <laughs> I forgot about that I got Chris Canty Chris Carr Dallas Clark Oh, Jim man. Alex Collins, who's somehow still in the league. Still and yeah. maybe going to be the backup in Seattle. He's yeah, pushing really? Rashad Penny. That's nuts. Um, Matt Elam, of course. Mm. Uh, Jermaine Illuminor, all-time. I, he's just a fantastic name. I think every time I see, hear that name, I think of I think of like the candlestick and Beauty and the Beast. Like That should be his name. Uh, ben Grubbs, Edgerton, Hardwell. <laughs> what? We just pass so? right over that. What, is, it, what so, is his name? Jermaine it, can't, it, it cannot be Ben. Ben Grubbs cannot be a random Raven. Well, I just I just think of that name like oh Ben Grubbs. Was he second round pick? Yeah, he's a first first round pick. Was he first round? Yeah, yeah. yeah. first. Edgerton um, Hart, Hartwell was also on the edge for me. He was like a very much contributor. Yeah. Uh, was it Polly Tommy Polly? Yeah, Baltimore mm-hmm. guy. Just an awesome name for for Hartwell. Um, I Bronson Bronson Kafusi. Yeah, have um, you seen? He's like he's a tight end now for Aaron Rodgers. Nice. He's like no, the he really yeah. He's the guy that uh, when that reporter made the joke, but yes. like a, a few yeah, weeks yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that was him. I, like, I, oh, I don't. going to end up in Buffalo. Like I didn't pick that up. That was yeah, Bronson Kafusi. Um, what's that guy's name? Aaron Millette. Remember him? Yeah, wide I remember receiver? him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cleo Lemon. Back, I thought he was wide receiver. I don't, I don't know. Cleo Lemon as a Raven. Was he a Raven? That's what. When I was looking at the list, he was on there, and I was like, that's I don't remember him. Jeff Blake. What about uh? Does would Zach Orr have qualified? Or not? Nah, that would have been a weird one. Yeah, Eugene Monroe, and then I had Ovi Mahaley, Curtis Painter, and that, that's it. Last two. Curtis last Painter, two but. on my list: Terrence West, Towson's finest. Bum, bum. Your guy, bum. Terrence West. I should have taken Terrence West just to troll you back. That's a mistake on my part. Do you want to see? Do you want to see my Facebook from from uh, X no. years ago today? Hold on, let me pull it up. I hated Terrence West. Yeah, you've made that very clear a couple times on the show. Oh, it was yesterday. It was when they <laughs> when they traded for him. I said like, this dude's a bum. He'll end, he like he's gonna be working at the cafe in Towson in two years. What's he doing now? You have an idea? Probably working at the cafe in Towson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and this is a tough uh, Bernard Pierce and uh, Jalen Parmalay, and finally mm-hmm. Dante Stallworth. Yeah, yeah, that's a killer. Like Wade Ritchie. Mm. Pickoff specialist. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, shit. I mean, you can go through. We go through the kick. You want to just go through all the kickers in Ravens history real quick? I want to say we did this at one point. We did. Billy, we'll do it again. Billy Cundiff, Aaron Elling, Graham Robinson, Gano, Shane Graham, Stephen Hauschka, J.R. Jenkins, Danny Knight, Reese Lloyd, Wade Ritchie, Matt Stover, and Justin Tucker. Doesn't even include all the preseason kickers. Yeah, Will Lutz. They're all time roster. The the. Punters on the all-time roster, Sam Cook, Greg Montgomery, Nick Murphy, Kyle Richardson, Johnny Townsend, and the great Dave Zastadel. Yep. Hey. Put, him in the, put him in the ring of honor. Townsend, right? No. Uh, Townsend was uh, Townsend. Neither of them were. Dave Zastadel went to Ohio, and Johnny Townsend went to Florida. Who's the – oh, Landetta. I'm thinking of I'm Landetta. thinking of uh, – there's a, there's a guy who went to Calvert Hall and then Townsend that they had on their preseason roster. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, justice justice for Kenji Bahar, who just continues to get cut and resign and worked out and cut. He's going to be one of these guys in ten years. My guy Kenji Bahar. Shout out to Calvert Hall. Um, that's the draft right there. Thank you to Fed Thrill for sponsoring as usual. Twenty percent off. Use the promo code Exit Fifty Two at checkout. Just get some sunglasses. That's what you got to do. Random Raven, send in. By the way, I'm sure there's ones we missed, or we, you know, that's always a draft that's tough because you, you like get to the honorable mentions. You're like, oh, I should have taken this guy, this guy, this guy. Um, so send in who your random Raven, your top random Raven would be. Tavares Gooden. My my friends used to go to uh, what club is that downtown? Tavar Darling. No, what was the club downtown? Fuck. Club downtown, Hot yeah. Chill Summer. No, it's like right next to Mercy. <laughs> like right next to Mercy Hospital. Um, it's a fucking what name is it? It's near Mercy. It what used a, to be. It what was a in a free bad. ad for the Charles that when I. When you say club, you mean one of those clubs, like a dance club, like a uh, like a uh, like we were going. <laughs> like they handed out coupons and pickles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, um, damn it, what was it? I forget. We used to go as like nineteen-year-olds, and Tavares Gooden like met my friends there, and like became buddies with them. Like we'd be at the house, and they'd be like, "Yo, we're going to Tavares's house." Like I will not be going. That is not for me. What a story down the draft. That's a tremendous story there. Wow. You should have taken him. But you take a Billy I forgot. Kendall. I forgot. You're trying to be a, you're yeah. trying to be a jerk. And you cut out a good story. Probably would have won that. the draft with that story, but. Yeah, probably but you not. Didn't. You didn't. Uh, Nick Cantor Medley, Maryland, person of the week. RDT. Has to be Michael K. Williams. Mm. Omar. Sad day. What was it? Yesterday. Shocking when I found out, Banks. I know you responded in a, in a very upset manner too. It was, it, and it, like in all seriousness, it like my favorite character from probably my favorite TV show ever. An awesome actor, and all the stories that come out about him sounds like he was an even better person. Um, did a lot of stuff with like nonprofits and like started his own nonprofits and, and for donations and stuff like that. Um, again, just like a, a very polarizing character. He, um, he played that character so well that it's perfect. hard to hear stories of him as not a vigilante on the streets. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's he's such an iconic character that it's hard to separate the two. And he's one of the ones who like he's a villain, and you're rooting for him. Like you, you find yourself pulling for him, and like being like, "That's my favorite character." Like there's not many shows where a villain is the all you know the best character, or your favorite. Yeah, character. he's like. A simple yet complex character at the same time. Oh, 100%. And again, like, if you haven't seen it, Taylor, we know you haven't. Like, give it a rewatch. I mean, the scenes with with Levy in the courtroom, that was getting a lot of play yesterday. All of his scenes with Brother Mazone. Um, just some all-time great lines and great 
just dialogue from him. Um, I saw like he did a performance for DMX, I think back in like July, I think it was at his funeral where he performed that. So like, and again, like seeing the, the names of the actors and, and musicians and just people around the business, like re not reach out, but tweet out their pictures and stories and videos um, have been neat to see. And like it, it, you know, terrible, terrible to, to read that yesterday. And then when you read that, it was, you know, it sounds like it was a drug overdose or an accidental drug overdose, I, you know, makes it that much more worse, but um, you know, it, it, I'll be, I'll be getting a, a wire rewatch in when pretty, pretty soon. And I've already, I've said for years, the Orioles need to have someone come out to, what is it? Um, a, a hunting we will go or farmer in the, the farmer dell. in the dell. Yeah, like that whistling. And again, if you want to put goosebumps on people, you have Lamar come out to that uh, Monday night. The Terps did it, Taylor. We talked about it. The Terps did it on Saturday. Um, I think that would be an awesome entrance. Yeah, you know, honestly, the lights. Honestly, eerie that we that idea had been hatched before this happened. It eerie. Oh yeah. Saturday, and obviously they didn't happen at the same time, but that will continue at Maryland Stadium. It was like it. And that was in Maryland, which isn't in Baltimore. And it was sort of goosebumpy when it happened. So after Especially this has if, now happened. If you guys do it at a night game, like that's game over. See you in four weeks against Iowa on a Friday night, baby. Turf week four. Hopefully. Um, yeah. No, that, that one affected people. As as we've joked about on the show, I've never watched the show. Yeah, how's it coming? But, you got it. but, you know, like just from how culturally relevant the show is, you sort of know – the characters to a certain extent, just from the Twitter clips, essentially, mm-hmm. like, especially someone from Baltimore. So you see people tweet them out. Um, and just the way people were affected by this was, was certainly striking and, and shows how, you know, affecting that character was um, to people. And, and obviously someone that seemed to be respected and beloved for how he was, you know, with other actors and all those different stuff. I was reading all those stories today. So yeah. RIP Michael K. Williams. He was also, he was a fairly irregular at Jimmy's when he would be in Baltimore. I know Johnny knew him pretty well. And um, again, said that like he would help out with a lot of the charity stuff they did. He would go, I think he went to, I think he went to one of the tailgoats that they put on a couple years ago. Like he was in town and he texted Johnny, Johnny told him to come through. And like people are standing there tailgate. Next thing you know, you turn around and you see Omar. I always <laughs> told Johnny, like I'd piss myself if I was in the bar and saw Omar <laughs> walk in. Cause he's, he's come in there with Snoop before, which again, I, I don't know what I would do. If I turned around and saw Omar and Snoop in a bar, but yeah, you know, again, just kind of repeating myself, it was neat to hear, hear all the the stories and and anecdotes and and see all the pictures of it and, you know, how he affected everyone. Thanks. Uh, You won't do this for yourself, so I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to give it to the Turf social media team on Saturday night after that win. Uh, You're probably going to give it to Talia or Mike Foxley or Maryland football fans or something like that, like you tend to do, or even the soccer team for that sweet come from behind win yesterday. But um, was that yesterday or Sunday? That was yesterday. Yesterday. But anyways, um, absolutely slaying the uh, the West Virginia shit talk after the game. Um, Yourself, Taylor Smythe. Uh, Sean Ellenby, Keith Sned, among others, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. And I think you guys won the internet on a pretty big internet type of day. So kudos to you boys and well, girls. You. Shout out to uh, shout out to our entire group of content people that work at Maryland. Jake Rose is the person that designs all those graphics for us and all of the things you see that really come out from Maryland athletics at a high level graphic wise. And then we have, amazing video people that all did a tremendous job you go to turf football right now you can watch the cinematic recap six minutes steven jenkins our creative director football put that together 
with shots contributed by a cast of thousands from a video perspective. And they do an excellent job. So I appreciate that. Terps content, baby. We're not fucking around. We're not fucking around. Put that, uh, on, put that on a shirt. I'd yeah, buy it. Put that on a shirt. Um, I will give it to someone from Maryland. Um, and I was going to give it to football. I was fully planning on giving it to football. Uh, what a win for Mike Loxley. Um, I saw our guest last week, Steve Suter, before the game, said if the Terps stop the run, we win the game. We finally did that in the second half. And we won the game. So shout out to Steve. Heard uh, good reviews of him on his, uh, his maiden voyage with Johnny in the booth. But I do have to ride uh, with the team that I work with directly on a more direct, even fashion than football. And uh, it's my guy, Brian Padilla, who had probably the goal of the week in really the world of soccer on Monday night, a 35-yard thunderbolt against UVA at Audi Field. Terps are now number seven in the country. Uh, and I give it to him because he could not be a better kid, and he deserved that moment as a senior. He's gone through a lot of injuries in his career. Maryland soccer, uh, by the way, I do have to tell you guys this live on the show. I was going to text you this, but then I have to tell you this during the game. Uh, Sasha Sarovsky, the legend, you know, three-time national champion, Maryland Athletics Hall of Famer. He will be inducted this year. Uh, one of the best coaches in the history of college soccer. Uh, was on your guy's friend, Jason Lock and Four show this afternoon on 1057 Fans. So I just wanted to let you guys know. Okay, thank you for yes. Yes. making me aware. So just to make you aware, Sasha did a great job. As I must have missed that. Uh, I thought you would be listening on YouTube, but uh, apparently no. you were not. You were not listening. Nope. Um, Mike Loxley was on the, the Big Bad Morning show, I believe, this morning as well. So all oh, our friend Jeremy. Nice. Yeah, Jeremy. Nice. Uh, they, were talking, they were talking Citizen Cope stories. Citizen Cope. And like Loxley grew up together, scalping tickets in Washington, D.C. Heck of a that I cannot picture that. Isn't that wild? That's great. I didn't, I did not think they were. How close are they in age? Because I'm not thinking they're close at all. Uh, I think they're very close. Where did um, uh, who was it? Citizen Cope is 53. What Mike Loxley? (laughs) Oh my god, Citizen Cope is 53. Years ago, years ago. Why did I? Where? Why is that not? Why am I not getting Mike Loxley's age? I should really just know Mike Loxley's age. How the hell is he fifty-three? Mike Loxley, fifty-one. There you go. That's a drummer kit came out in two thousand. Mike Loxley, by the way, born on Christmas Christmas Day, nineteen sixty-nine. That's our leader. Yep, that's our leader, Coach Lox. Big, by the way, I'll go right into the honorable mentions. A gigantic weekend for Mr. Loxley. Just an awesome win. And and one of my favorite things about it was, and I know, you know, sometimes this goes into my own love fest for me, but the amount of people that were, like, at this game, Torrey Smith, Dominic Foxworth, Stefan Diggs, Jalen, Bruno Fernando, Sean Mer- Merriman, you know, a list goes on and on. Like, we had, like, Lonnie Baxter was there, by like, all these different guys. Felt like a huge event from like a star power, Kevin Plank, from like a star, SVP, from like a star power perspective, which really normally only happens at Maryland basketball. It doesn't happen that often at Maryland football. And I think that shows you how locked in, for lack of a better term, Locks is with the former players and the overall community. You know, people come back for him. Diggs talked to the team the night before the game. Uh, pretty cool. Didn't Phelps talk to him? Phelps talked to him the week before. Uh, they had Mike Vick in. They had a variety of other uh, people in there talking to the squad. Um, so Coach Locks has, has, has got the thing tuned up. Talia Tungabailo is a hell of a player. 
and uh, they've got some weapons on the outside. So if they can keep the lines together, um, they're going to they're gonna be pretty good. Uh, and if you want to hear from Maryland football players, you can listen to Hear the Turtle, official podcast on Netflix. So Tarheep still this week. Tarheep still this week for that podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Any honorable mentions from you guys? Uh, I went to a wedding in La Crosse, Wisconsin this weekend, and I'm giving an honorable mention to Spotted Cow, which I'm sure a lot of beer drinkers have heard about this beer. I had heard about for sure. Um, I had just assumed that it was just some heavy stout craft beer type of beer. You know, when I think about beers that are exclusive, you can only get in a given state. state. I think about uh, like Hetty Topper up in Vermont, which is, you know, very hoppy, flavorful beer. Spotted Cow is just just a very smooth farmhouse ale that you can drink a shit ton of. It goes down so smooth, like water. It's delicious. It's not like loaded with alcohol. It's right there, like with your normal little bit more alcohol than like a Bud Light or whatever, but um, it's just delicious. And I was trying to figure out a way if I could get some home and I, there just wasn't a way, but um, yeah, delicious beer. Shout out to Spotted Cow. I had it when we go to Madison for soccer, where we actually go this year, um, have had it. It's very good. Yeah, I ordered it and it showed up at the table and it was just a completely different color than I pictured it being because I just hadn't bothered to, to read up on what it is or whatever. I just knew I was supposed to have one there. Different beer than I expected, and it was delicious. It's good. It's very good beer. Yeah, get to Wisconsin, RDT. What are you doing? Got to get up there. <laughs> Maybe you can go fight Kyle Farnsworth there. <laughs> well, funny enough, my uh, my honorable mention is going to be Trey Mancini, who, you know, just has some general soreness and is sitting out to, you know, he sat out two games, and I hope that's okay with Kyle Farnsworth, who, you know, tried the back. I haven't seen a back pedal like that in – years i don't know if you saw his follow i i see yeah i'm seeing nah fuck off buddy from rd yeah well that, yeah that's that says nate with the Stuart scott stuff huh oh yeah that, that was a <laughs> tough one that was a tough one um but yeah i mean just just what a complete and utter asshole kyle farns he, <laughs> he can say he can say it's not about trey i mean it's about trey like marcus stroman comes in defensive trey yeah. he, people were coming that? at people dan colco was coming out dan colco got a tweet with 30k likes on it did he um, defending, defending Trey. Yeah, I mean, people are coming out of the woodworks. And again, it's like, uh, it, it seems like Kyle Farnsworth is trying to be like a dollar store. Aubrey Huff is what is what I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> which again, like if you look at his Twitter and his likes, you can kind of pick up. We'll just say he was probably pretty sore on January 7th. It's it's it sounds like, mm. um, but just like an all time like tone deaf thing to say, complete asshole thing to say, and like. I'm so tired of the hard O like, Oh, in my day, we didn't do this. We didn't miss games. I didn't even know what an oblique was. It's like, dude, you, you got mad that you gave up six runs in an inning, kicked a fan in the dugout and you went on the DL for three weeks. because You sprained your knee. Like just, just what an asshole. I, I couldn't believe that. I've already put the message out to Trey that I will have his head, Kyle Farnsworth's head on a platter. I will not be saying that on Twitter. I did. Uh, uh, You're not saying him- it on Twitter, but you will be saying it here. Yeah, because God knows, uh, you know, the Twitter streets are watching. Sure. But uh, I did, I did uh, offer to fight him in rough and rowdy. So that offers on the that table. would be electric. I have not heard back yet. So <laughs> Kyle Farnsworth hasn't gotten back to you on that one, huh? No, no, no. I'm still waiting. Um, that is also an exploding offer with the harbor. But um, yeah, grade A asshole, Kyle Farnsworth. Yeah, that's a, that was a, that was a very very tough scene. Like if there's anyone who doesn't need and explanate like a reason to sit out it's like dude number one they're fucking 50 games under 500 it's september 
It was a day game after a road trip. Oh yeah, Let me by tell the you way, what, Trent, guys I coming Trent back from, from I hope Trey Mancini knows how much you're in his foxhole. I mean, you're absolutely going to war for this guy. As you, <laughs> I mean, as we all are, but you are. I mean, you're ready to go absolutely after it. Oh, I, I told you, I've sent texts, being like, "Hey, here's here's what's up. If you need it, I got I got I got guys out there who can." Who can have the deal done? Who can have the job done? Wow. I know Brian's watching a lot of Sopranos. We can probably pick up some stuff from that. I've seen plenty yeah. of water. I mean, I, yeah, that was just not yeah. not good for him to say. That was just ah. just a little. Wait, oh, I, th- I thought you were talking about me. I was like, oh, oh no, no, you do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm letting you. I'm letting you fly in whatever direction you want. To fly. <laughs> um, open invite to to Kyle Farnsworth to come on the podcast. Sure, bring him on. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll bring him on, but. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's my honorable mention. Mm. Shout out to Trey Mancini, a good man. It's not deserved to have things like that said about him. Um, God, this is the God. final podcast. This is the final podcast before. Well, yeah, I thought God the, was your honorable. <laughs> well, God, no, God's bringing us football uh, this weekend. Uh, this is the final mm. podcast before and we Mikey's. Oh my good lord in heaven, Mikey's. So, I mean, it is going to be a tremendous weekend. Um, before we go, I have to give one more honorable mention um, to our good friends. Uh, and I have given this bar some, some stick for their TV selections. Mm. But I do have to give them plaudits. The Golden Tea Machine is back at CJ Mosley's favorite bar, Wayward. <laughs> and to have it back is, means a lot to me and Banks. Um, we have our, I believe, probably has been discussing this pot at some point as we just discuss our personal lives for no reason and no interest in anybody. So uh, we like to play Golden Tea on Thursday nights after getting steaks at McGurk's, another fine establishment here in the city. And um, since COVID started, they had taken away the Golden Tea machine. Uh, we have very competitive Golden Tea matches between me, Banks, our two friends, Mike and Brian, and uh, the machine is back. So we were able to tee off a late tea time uh last thursday which which was tough for some players to handle the pressure some players didn't handle the pressure (laughs) having people around them that was not the two people that are on this podcast other people were not able to handle that some people Uh, made a real mess of 17 and 18 real mess and then had some questionable putting on the final hole trying to just get it over with uh i took the first the first golden tee um on a really tough track by the way yeah, um, but you know, maybe we'll have to have golden tea updates every podcast. Who's to say? But it's back, baby. Thank it's back for, in a big way. Thank you to Wayward for bringing that thing back. Well, thank you to me for my campaigning for you did campaign. You yeah. absolutely campaigned, and and your public platform helped us really make some society. You're welcome. You're welcome, Taylor. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thanks to Mike Myers for getting us hot dogs. Um, <laughs> golden Tea Machine is back. Football is back. As we said, we will be back. Instant analysis Monday night after Ravens Raiders is over. We will jump right on record 20, 30 minutes, however long it takes, cut it up, get it out there for your Tuesday morning commute. And then we will jump back on the podcast, maybe Wednesday night for a Thursday release previewing the upcoming game. Obviously the, the, you know, recording schedules will change as we go through last year, we were doing this. All of us were probably, I was definitely a lot less busy in, in COVID. So we had a little bit more flexibility for the week. So we'll, we'll obviously have some, some evolving times, but instant analysis. Then a couple days later, the regular pod, all the segments and previewing Sunday's game. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Thanks once again to Fed Thrill for sponsoring the starting five segment, 20% off with the code Fed Thrill. 
Uh, Threat Level Midnight, make sure to go get your X-52 merch. No better time to rep Ravens season. Wear it around. Wear it to the stadium. It's black, so kind of fits right in with the Ravens colors there. Um, you can get away with that. Um, make sure to follow us on our other social media channels at Exit 52 Podcast. God, I almost said here the turtle. I was so close to seeing here the <laughs> X-52 Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram, <laughs> at Barstool Banks, at E-D-I-T-T-I-22, at Taylor Smythe 10. And we will see you next time on the Exit 52 Podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. 